cabin, climbed up to Enchanted Rock, drink a cold shiner down. Well, it's Friday, Friday, Friday. How about that? Everybody made it. Friday once again. Hey there, howdy. I'm your friend, Jay West Texas Leeson. Thank you for tuning in and telling your other friends that you hang out on the other side of Texas. More and more of you are doing that. I get the emails. Appreciate you uh, calling and texting and sending emails and notes. And uh, appreciate all those diagnostics we see there on the website. Uh, little sister Lauren Huff has moved away. And Queenie Catherine Wilkes. It's taking her place. How you doing, Queenie? I'm good, Jay. You're like a week out. Is your mic on? Yes, it's on. Okay. Uh, you're how many days removed from graduation? Mm, about a week. Yeah. About a week. A week of freedom. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, we are broadcasting from the studios where Buddy Holly became famous. That independent streak still lives in on the walls. I see the cigarette smoke and the other kind of smoke the soot on the carpet of these walls in this studio <laughs> where Waylon Jennings worked as well so the magic just trying to carry on the tradition here gonna go our own way march to our own drummer and uh, talk to you about leg pulling politics and otherwise. Uh, we will have Brandon Darby is on his way to the studio. Be here, he says, in 20 minutes. And uh, we'll see if he keeps to that. Run, Brandon Darby, run. So uh, a couple things. One is today a couple things went down. We were within millimeters of having Chancellor John, John Sharp. A&M Chancellor, Hullabaloo Connect Connect, come on the program and talk about A&M's resistance. And by A&M, I think I mean John Sharp's resistance to the Texas Tech Veterinarian School Initiative uh, up in Amarillo. But negotiations broke down, and it seems as though he won't be immediately available maybe as we get uh, into the summer fall uh, chancellor sharp might change his mind i just get really tired like john sharp is if i had to do like a rushmore of sharpest guys no pun intended sharpest guys in texas john sharp would be on that rushmore and i get tired of having to say what I think his resistance is to the Texas Tech Veterinarian School. It's like it's like this. So back in the 60s, the University of Texas fought the Texas Tech Health Sciences Center from being brought into existence because they used this. We're going to create a pipeline. That's what they were saying back in the 60s. And even into... 2018 we're still using that pipeline argument now mind you Texas Tech Health Sciences Center graduates more medical professionals than any other institution in Texas now and last week the last two weeks has made a lot of publicity because Governor Greg Abbott has cited a mental screening test for lack of a better words that the Texas Tech Health Sciences Center has uh, launched 
and he wants to use that state he said he wants to use it statewide so you tell me was that a good investment in texas's future before you can answer i'll just say that your answer is yes now the veterinarian school here we are again with this pipeline argument that we're gonna we're gonna recruit kids here and then we're gonna send them down here and then we're gonna put them back up there never works uh in my estimation, but I'm glad to hear John Sharp, whenever he's available, to uh, discuss that on in his own words and on his own terms. On the program also today, challenge a debate between Kim Olson's a Democrat running for Ag Commissioner in Texas, and she's no Lupe Valdez. This is a retired Air Force Colonel she might have a soundbite later on in the program with her and you can you can tell that this lady knows how to break down livestock she knows what's growing up out of the ground how it grows and how it's sold and fairly impressive sid miller rodeo king sid miller i issued a debate i said hey listen i will i will host a debate in the rural metropolis the ag epicenter of the universe not just in texas because it can be its own universe but i mean the entire universe uh, we'll host that debate here and uh, kim olson's in Let's see if sid miller's in I'm trying to get that before the heat of the summer if uh, sid miller will jump in with that uh, so that to say one all that laid out in the background my my kids took off today with my wife got a busy weekend ahead gonna write a lot going to set up some things with the program and some some other stuff and excited about just a weekend of space to focus on the greatness it is other side of texas so Brandon Darby, do up uh, blue collar. Bill will be calling in. He was riding in an eighteen wheeler cab that was a hundred and thirty two degrees yesterday. Hundred thirty two degrees in the cab. I don't even know if that's possible, but he put up he put up Facebook Live videos proving it on two different thermometers. So uh, he'll be calling in. I know that Darby's all bent about. I was talking to him earlier today. He's all bent about contractors and service providers who are just essentially lazy and trying to get away with not doing their work and uh, he's got some things to say there so he'll be in here in a little bit but yesterday i teased this story and i want to get into it now new york times uh on when was that it was earlier this week i think on wednesday that's when it was put out a story and the title was how trump's election shook obama what if we were wrong well just initially looking over the headline uh how long did it take you to come to the conclusion that uh, maybe we were wrong if donald trump won <laughs> i think that at that point you have to be thinking that check uh, out the big brain on bread yeah in that vein yeah you were wrong riding in a motorcade in lima peru shortly after the 2016 election president president barack obama was struggling to understand 
Donald J. Trump's victory. What if we were wrong, he asked his aides, with him in the armored presidential limousine? He had read a column asserting that liberals had forgotten how important identity was to people and had promoted an empty cosmopolitan globalism that made many people feel like they had been left behind. Maybe we pushed too far, Mr. Obama said. Maybe people just want to fall back in their tribe. His aides reassured him that he still would have won had he been able to run another time. Well, that's consoling. And the next generation had more in common with him than with Mr. Trump. Mr. Obama, the first black man elected president, did not seem convinced. Sometimes I wonder whether I was 10 or 20 years too early. Now, it doesn't specify in what ways he pushed too far, but I think initially, and I've written about this, but I think that the reaction after the Obama, like, okay, Tom, I always thought that the George W. Bush thing, like, we have this pendulum, and we keep pushing it, well, you want to go this far on the left? Well, we'll go this far on the right. You want to go this far on the right? Well, we'll go this far on the left. I wonder, even though questions... I think that Hillary was more pragmatic than Obama in 2008. And I thought that Obama was a knee-jerk by Democrats. That played out in such ways as... Obama was an ideologue. And I think that Hillary was more pragmatic than Obama... But you had all this stuff again to play out that shaped Texas politics. Like, I always look at these guys, and my question is, were they elected before or after Barack Obama? Because the guys who were elected before Obama tend to be a lot more level-headed and don't always run in campaign mode. And if you listen to the program yesterday, I talked about politics has become the practice of pulling your leg and making you believe that, your leg was never pulled in the first place and so many of these post Obama politicians in Texas have shaped policy in such ways that we've really taken hard lines and the only opposition in Texas the opposition party is the federal courts that to say you know this whole bathroom thing well that was Barack Obama his administration pushed those letters out initially I think that people are perfectly right to say that what did the Trump administration do they rescinded that they said well we ain't doing that but even then Texas politicians continued down that road now whenever you think about that policy one has to admit that there's not a documented case of this happening and even though Barack Obama started it Donald Trump ended it why are you still pushing on it? Oh, you're pushing on it because you were a post-Obama elected official. That's why. And so they did push too far socially. And I recall 2018 Democratic primary debates. Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama were both opposed to same-sex marriage. And now it's like every other marriage better be gay marriage or we're going to raise hell about it. Like, I don't even understand the new world order that we live in now. That, and then if you're going to build a new building, well, you better have a transgender bathroom as well. And people just flipped out on that and said, whoa, this is too much, too fast. And then in the midst of that, globalization occurs, small communities getting routed, and then you look up and, well, so the election map, like the middle three-fifths of the country, solid Trump, except for Colorado and New Mexico, but, you know, that's all Trump country. And it's because Barack Obama was right. 
people did get pushed too far and you can call it going back to their tribe which to me sounds like a pejorative but they wanted to go back to what they knew anyhow so mr president you would have won anyway well that's beside the point in the weeks after mr trump's election mr obama went through multiple emotional stages according to a new book by his longtime advisor benjamin rhodes and i wonder if obama's like well thanks ben really looking forward to your book about me and my emotional stages at times the departing president took the long view at other points he flashed anger he called mr trump a cartoon figure who cared more about his crowd sizes than any particular policy and he expressed rare self-doubt wondering whether he had misjudged his own influence on american history the book offers a new window if only slightly cracked open into the 44th president's handling of the russian intervention in the 2016 election to help mr trump get elected in the aftermath well russia was on every side and i've said before i want to stay on this point but russia's big thing is americans are knee-jerky enough that you know we can create divisiveness and have bait arab americans with some sort of story and then call for a rally and then at the other time target facebook ads to go in and and get another group to come in and protest against them and hopefully there'll be like we'll burn the whole city up and everybody will get cratered and die and like that's russia's deal so they had influence and they continue to have influence because americans are dumb in their politics right now you know my big takeaway from reading that piece was obama's insight but too late that he couldn't moderate himself that he that he wasn't pragmatic enough in his approach and certainly like there's there's knee jerk then there's pragmatic and then there's overly patient and i think barack obama's foreign policy was overly like this strategy of patience people come to the right no they won't come to the right mind and you must enforce american might and i'm not calling for wars because i think iraq proves itself to be a disaster but there has to be some counterbalances there obama was not pragmatic enough and he was right to ask what he did and so at the end of the day this populism that emerged was people saying look ideological ruts and how are we going to find our way let's go back to what we know and the map turned up red except for the coast turned up red and whether or not trump has proven himself we'll see in the next two years uh, what people have to say about that you know it'll be especially with all this uh, trade war stuff revving up we'll see how that proves with the agriculture that's so critical in middle middle america okay that's what i have to say there what if we were yeah you were wrong and you push too hard and there's a reaction and his name is not i mean you can call it a cartoon but outside the, the bubble it was a practical reality and people elected donald j trump hey the big 12 i just think about how hot it is outside i mean we've been like at 105 all week and you know today i saw something on twitter we talked about wendell berry earlier this week or i think it was like i can't really get all the days confused here but uh, wendell berry's this public advocate this public thinker essayist great stuff just google his name if you aren't familiar with wendell berry but i got kind of close with wendell and whenever we were in kentucky 
doing that master's degree and uh, Wendell I told him we were moving back to West Texas and he said hmm I said what's huh he said hmm have you ever read John Wesley Powell's Beyond the Hundredth Meridian and I said no I wish I could do a Wendell Berry impression but I can he said uh, you ever read John Wesley Powell's Beyond the Hundredth Meridian and I said no I've not he said well this is what I think I think that when John Wesley Powell rode down the Colorado River, when he got to land and he took out his journal, he made a very short entry. It said, The West is arid, very arid. People ought not live here. <laughs> That's what I think about with all these 105 degree days. But it also makes me think about, like at Jones Stadium, Texas Tech, we sit on the first row on the second tier of the bowl so we got these great seats right behind the railing still blue collar but kind of upper echelon blue collar and like i have buddies that are like up in the boxes like i see you batman yeah. i'm not that big time but we do we worked really hard over a series of years here to get all of us down behind uh right there on that first row of the second level it is so hot in august and september even there i can't imagine being one of those pledges in the student section right below us and those pledges drinking like all night long and then starting the morning drinking and then they have to go save seats and the heat gets up 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 and so like at field level it's like 120 degrees oh i'd say these 11 o'clock games this is boostage more and more I think the Aggies were geniuses for Bolton from the Big 12 because these 11 o'clock games, and they have to have them at 11 o'clock because that's when the TV times are for Fox, and everybody gripes about it. But here's the deal. The Big 12 announced today, this is per Jake Trotter at ESPN, that it will be distributing $36.5 million in revenue to each school for the fiscal year, placing the league third among Power 5 conferences and firmly ahead of the Pac-12, which is $31 million a year, roughly, and then the ACC, which is $26.5 million. So what kind of money could we raise to say, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll cut back on our take of 36.5 if we don't have to play at 11 o'clock in the morning anymore? Like when, I think that contract's up like in 2024. Yeah, I fully expect Tech to go to the Pac-12. And that's why we keep on scheduling all these games, basketball and football and otherwise, with Pac-12. In my mind, we're just trying to get oriented with being in the Pac-12 in the, the next few years. But those games, whenever the game is at 6, like back in the Leach era, back in 82, <laughs> back in the, the Leach era, We'd play these 6 o'clock games, and you would have your whole Saturday. You could do your whole Saturday. And then about 4 o'clock, begin to work your way to Jones Stadium. Have your brats, your beverage of choice, and stand around and, and hang out. But an 11 o'clock game means that you got to start working your way to the stadium about 9 o'clock. And then the game goes for four hours, four and a half hours, depending on how bad Tech's defense is. And then it's over at 3.30, and then you just want to take a nap. So you're back into reality. Like, nobody, like, I'm sure that there are, but nobody wants to be the guy that has to go to work at 4 o'clock after a Texas Tech game. 
just blows away. It's not necessarily the time of day. It's just that it ruins the whole day's gone. It's all Texas Tech football. That's what's hard about the 11 o'clock games. And so I'm all about digging back in on that 36 and a half. You may disagree, but uh, the Aggies sound pretty smart right here. I wonder how many times I can reference the Aggies in today's program. So this thing about Amarillo, I feel bad for Amarillo right now because they're getting so much heat about this minor league baseball team that they've gotten. And I don't know if you've seen this or not, but they took, they say that they took the suggestions at uh, AmarilloProBaseball.com of fans and would-be fans. They took the five, what they consider to be the five best suggestions. And so that minor league team's name is going to be one of the following. Queenie, I want you to listen to this and you tell me what your pick would be. Okay. Amarillo Boot Scooters. The Amarillo Bronc Busters, the Amarillo Jerky, the Amarillo Long Haulers, the Amarillo Sod Poodles. Uh, now, time out. Do you know what a Sod Poodle is? No. I did not eat, like, old timers used to call skunks polecats, but I have never heard the term. It, I'm Jay West Texas Leeson. <laughs> I've never heard this term before, but apparently. It means prairie dogs. Sod poodles. Sod poodles. Are prairie dogs. I cannot imagine a pioneer saying those daggum sod poodles. Like, <laughs> were poodles even prevalent where in Ireland or wherever else these people came from? Mm-hmm. Our ancestors? I've never heard that. I heard my great grandmother say a lot of things. A lot of things of which my parents wish that she'd have never taught me or I heard from her. But I never, any of my grandparents, any older family member, I've never heard the word sod poodle or the term sod poodles yeah. ever. So, again, your choices, sod poodles, long haulers, jerky, bronc busters, boot scooters. Mm, boot scooters, I guess. You're going to go boot scooters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not Like, I wonder, why wouldn't they just broker a deal and be the... Amarillo Big Texans. Yeah. Right? And I know, like, like I growing up, my I had cousins on my mother's side who lived in Nashville. So we went to Opryland yeah. a lot. We thought, we're going to Nashville. We're going to Opryland, man. <laughs> and, but to my cousins, Opryland was just always there. It's always around. They don't want to go. They go there all the time. And they stopped going because they had to go there all the time. So I can understand. Like, people kind of, you get some sneered lips in Amarillo whenever we talk about the Big Texan. Now, I will say that in this Good Friday story, I have done the Big Texan twice. I've eaten you have the 72-ounce steak wow. twice. And it was, I think, six years apart. The first time I did it, I think I was 22. Mm-hmm. And I practiced every morning. <laughs> By eating a big bowl of oatmeal, like a huge bowl of oatmeal, and then I'd eat a large supreme pizza every night. I did that for a week, and I wouldn't eat any lunch. Huge bowl of oatmeal, large supreme pizza. I did it every night for a week, and then I hit the Big Texan and killed it. And then the second time, we were driving from Tulsa to Amarillo, and then, you know, let's go to the Big Texan. No, I don't want to go to the Big Texan. I just ate lunch. I did not have my oatmeal, pepperoni, down. 
but I still did it. There were still remember somewhere I'm on YouTube because there were people, and then at that that was 2008 ish. There were these Asian folks who had these video cameras that were like flip up video cameras, and they were like holding it in my face somewhere. I'm like a Japanese YouTube hero because they videotape the whole thing. And for me, I can't, I still do it. Like if we want to do a live broadcast from the big Texan one day, I think that the limits too, though, somebody told me that, or maybe that's an urban legend. You can only do it twice in your lifetime. Oh, I don't know. I didn't have that regiment. I ate lunch before I got there. And that one was really, really like I, I could feel my eyes bulging out of my head, <laughs> but you have to eat the potato and all the sides and then the shrimp but i always i always i say it like i do it every week i did it twice uh, a pitcher of root beer and a bottle of ketchup that's how you handle the big texan because that meat is essentially just a big roast that they put a 20 pound weight on for an hour and yeah. then they and they make you pay before and you sign off like this can kill you and you initial <laughs> i understand and you initial and then you turn the page no, this will really kill you. I understand. And you initially. <laughs> you still do uh, it. Leave a number for a loved one in case things uh, don't work out for us. And uh, you you initial. Anyhow, all I'd say, I think they should be the Amarillo Big Texans. But my odds on favorite to win here are the Sod Poodles. Are the Sod Poodles because the Sod Poodles... It's like worst case scenario. And here's the other thing. You can vote from anywhere. So here in just a minute, I'm going to get on AmarilloProBaseball.com. You're going to vote? I'm going to get on and I'm going to vote. So, it, why would, like, can they filter out people who live in different places? Say, well, your vote doesn't count. Maybe. I, I think that they've really exposed themselves to a problem. Inevitably, sod poodles. Mark it down. We're going to breaking news on the voting at AmarilloProBaseball.com. Get to that. Leave you on the edge of that cliff. But first, a man who's been living on the edge all week long, one of our favorites, he is Blue Collar Bill. How you doing, Blue Collar? Oh, man, how you all doing? I'm doing good. Are you sure you're doing good? Yeah, I have had the wildest ride this afternoon. Okay. Uh, it, it was, you know, I left Lubbock about 2.30. Uh-huh. The temperature up in this truck was running mid-120s in the cab all the way to Spur. Yeah. I, I grabbed our mail in the beautiful town of Spur, Texas, and head back. Uh, as I head back, it jumps up into the 140. I start rolling into Crosby's, and it drops into the 130s, and I start seeing a cloud on the horizon to the west in the distance. So I roll out of Crosby's and roll into Rawls, and it drops down to about 110. And now I see rain coming out of that cloud. And as I roll into Lorenzo, the temperature drops down to the 90s. Rain, like the, the end of time. It actually hailed through the passenger window in my truck. And I am sitting nice and cool headed into Ireland. So what you need to do, Bill, is get all that hail that fell into the truck cab, put it in a bowl, put the bowl behind your fan, and just ride in style, baby. Just yes, sir, I got a little, a little ice behind the fan there right now, yeah. actually. So, it, yeah, that's it. it's been a real blessing because I was a little spooked coming out of Spur. I, I felt like I'd lost a little too much water on the trip in and, and was, was, was 
not looking forward to the trip back. If you're not familiar with Blue Collar Bill, he's out there driving his 18-wheeler rig. And here's my question, though. Have you, like, have you asked people, can we do something about this? Because it feels like Dante's Inferno in here about the sixth ring. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a family-owned business. And uh, little brother's at the wheel. And of course, on on day one, when I hit 144 degrees, he he got a uh, he got an email and a photograph. Okay, all right. And, and yeah, there's 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 been some expletives uh, aimed in his direction, and an apology and an assurance that parts are on the way coming back my direction. Okay, good because I've seen your YouTube videos, and they are not safe for work or children. With as well oh, up no. as you were about all this. No, but you know, I I figure you know, anytime you're uh, above 130 degrees in in the environment you're working in, um, um, the rules go out the windows. Yeah. When, oh, when we start coming down to survival, OSHA could oh. have a problem with that. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think they might. So, Bill, why don't people work as hard as they used to? Just to prime up Brandon Darby here, who's really been about this. Um. And I mean like like work, like applying muscles and vigor and doing a job. I, I, I firmly believe that each generation's uh, wish for their children is for it to be easier for them and that they don't have to work as hard and, and, and suffer the way that the previous generation did. To achieve the same thing, okay. We all we want all want more for our children. We all want easier for our children. And and I look back at my own family, and that was the case. And it was made easier for each subsequent generation. I think uh, at this point, to to their death, uh, to their detriment. So the whole point is to not have the next generation labor and toil as much. Yeah, I really, I really believe that's the truth. And and and, and if you talk to my 22 year old son, he'll tell you I was incredibly hard on him uh, because he is an only child. He won't have siblings to look to after work on. And and I wanted him to have the work ethic. I wanted him to be mentally, physically, and spiritually strong. And so I was, I was, I was, I was hard on him. I did not as soft as some of his of his peers. Mm. You're the bad dad. I really was. I mean, and I it, to this day, we're we're not really friends. Uh, he, he still harbors some resentment over some of the the things that have transpired along the way. So, do you think he's uh, going to get over that, like in five years or so? What's your window? You know, I, I was in my late twenties. Uh, my son had already been born before it finally dawned on me. Everything that my parents tried to do for me, and, and my mom was a tough love person. She was brutal. <laughs> so you're thinking uh, in about ten years he's gonna feel. Different. Yeah, I, I hope, and I hope to live that long. I, I hope to be there the day that he realizes, wow, uh, <laughs> you weren't being mean to me because you hated me. You're you're being mean to me because you love. The day he realizes I'm going to do the same thing to my kids. No, he's a, he's, he's a little different. He's, okay. a, he's not a quite as a type A and high strong as I am. <laughs> I don't believe it. Well, uh, Bill, we're going to pull out of here, and uh, we appreciate you chiming in. And where are you now? 
I am I am in Adelaide and and grabbing my last load, and then I'm headed back to Lubbock and hanging around for the day. All right, and you're off this weekend. No, no, I I, uh, I work Saturday uh, off Sunday, and then uh, uh, Wednesday morning I load up on an airplane and head to the seashore, Old Mexico. There you go. It's gonna happen. Well, happen. you have a great weekend, buddy. Yes, sir, you do. All right, blue collar Bill, get in with some uh, Brandon Darby here. Uh, let me update the folks, Brandon. There's a contest. You and I were talking about this last night. Contest in. Amarillo right now, what their next minor league baseball team is going to be called. They were the Dillas. Now it's going to be Boot Scooters, Bronc Busters, Jerky, Long Haulers, or Sod Poodles. And I thought that Amarillo was in a lot of trouble because maybe there's some people in Hereford that are like, boy, I really hate Amarillo. Or maybe some people up at, you know, the north eastern part of the panhandle childress uh let's really stick it to those guys and here's what you got to do in order to vote you got to enter your name address or postal code you can in you can put in your address but you have to put in your postal code your birth date and an email address and then type in the numbers like you're in a bot so there is no sabotaging amarillo on this still yeah i'm not even gonna have this discussion if somebody actually suggested sod poodles they're ruining the the darby ponderosa the sod poodles are that's just the not, prairie dogs that's not okay okay so let's talk about some other things that aren't okay i was talking with you earlier your gears really grinding about contractors and service providers and how they aren't working very hard well i can't say all of them are, are you gonna start your own consumer advocacy website <clears throat> You know what? I'm going to tell you the truth. I, here's my situation, and here's your situation, and probably the same situation for everyone listening. Contractors don't always do what they say they're going to do, you know? And so I'm going to, at this point, I'm not going to name any names Uh-oh. Um, at this point. But I, what I am going to do is this. <laughs> no, no, come on. Like, How many of you... Go, you go to a, a restaurant and you're like, man, this place was so cool. And all of a sudden it just, it isn't anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, um, how many of you go? It's like that and, time you were telling me about Hooters. I, I've never been there I, personally. I, I don't go to Hooters either, actually. You know, um, I, I do that. Well, you got to let me talk, man. You got to stop that stuff. So here's the situation. The situation is lately... I've noticed that at a lot of Lubbock restaurants, there's been a decline in service, Mm -hmm. you know? And folks know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to name any names right now, but I'm going to tell you, I'm thinking about starting to. Like starting to do a weekly review of the businesses I've gone Mm to. Um, You know, where you go in and you wait 25 minutes for your drink. You know, and they're like, well, that's because they're busy. I said, well, I'm not mad at the waiter or the waitress. I'm talking about the management, the ownership that only has, you know what I mean? That only has so so the, I find that irritating, and it kind of all came together. You know, my air conditioner went out, and it's not been working right for about two weeks. Not naming any names yet, but I'm about to. You know what I mean? And because I have a home warranty, right? Um, things like that, or things like I've been trying to get my back uh, eight or nine acres. You know, the the barbed wire fence redone, and um, 
you know, I've had a number of companies come out. They look at it. I'm not talking about politics. I'm not. There's. I'm not saying anything offensive. They measure it and they say, "We'll send you a bid," and then they just never send the bid. And then you know, a, a week or two later, they're like, "Hey, did you get that bid?" I'm like, "No," because you didn't send it. And they're like, "Oh, my bad. It's here. It is in my draft folder." And I say, like, "Okay." And I'll send it right now. And, and so basically what's going on... Did you ask him to send the original no, one again? here's what's going on is a lot of people need work done, right? Mm-hmm. People who are doing trades and who are doing labor. Um, right now is a great time to be doing that because most of the people who would normally compete with you and drive wages down have been deported by Trump. That's what's going on. And so oh. that's what's going on. Okay. They've been deported so, and, or they're about to get deported. I okay. just watched a, a saw a news article that just came out today about... A Mexican national in Florida who who got in trouble because he had five people in his car who were in the country illegally, right? I don't mean to be rude, but if they, they weren't in San Francisco or they weren't in Dallas, they're in Florida. What were they going there to do? You know what I mean? They're workers, right? So when all the workers are gone, then what happens is there's fewer people doing labor. And so those people doing labor get more phone calls, and get more jobs. So some of those people take it less seriously when there's a job opportunity for them. And I've experienced that with my fencing. I'm experiencing that with my air conditioning, right? And I'm finding it to be very, very frustrating. Um, And so I've decided that I think what I'm going to do, because I do have a platform, right, is I think I'm going to start like a weekly report about all the businesses I went to. For instance, and I and no, they're not an advertiser on the show that I know of, but for instance, I like trees, right? I'm from a part of the state where we have a lot of trees. I live in a place now where we don't. So I'm also 41 years old, so I can't buy, like when I was 20, I could buy like a little $5 or $20 tree and plant it. Well, I'm 41, right? So I need to buy a little bit bigger tree if I want to get old and have nice trees, right? So I, I went to Tom's Tree Place. Great place. Yeah. It's a great place. And not only are they a great place and have they done right by me for the f- last few years, but one of my very expensive trees died that they installed. They came out with a big machine. It was a big old tree, right? And it died. And you know what they did? They honored their word. They treated me like a, they treated me like a, you know, like I was a, a new customer. They didn't treat me like, try to blow me off or get out of it and they came and replaced that big old expensive tree like they said they would Mm -hmm. they honored their word and so things like that i think what i'm gonna start doing but what the time out what a great business tom's tree place in lubbock it's a great business which is like a water delivery place in a third world country like what don't we have any of uh trees let's do trees no but i mean they're brilliant they have they buy land right pete the family buys land the best i can tell i don't know i mean i haven't talked to them about their business strategy but they own lots of land, they buy the land, and then they plant trees. And then 20 yep. years later, when the trees are a certain size, 10 years, whatever, later, mm-hmm. they pull up the trees with machinery, they sell those trees, yep. and then they have that plot of land. And I would venture a bet that says if you got all the Walmart managers in Lubbock and combined them together, there would be more people paid higher wages than those managers at Tom's Tree Place. I don't know what they're paid, but I can tell you that everyone who works there knows what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. That even the the laborers that they had come out to my house today, who were from Mexico and said they were here legally, we got in a conversation. I did not ask them, and uh, they spoke very good English. And we talked, and they they had nice things to say about the place they worked. You know, and they knew what they were talking about, and they put care into what they were doing. 
Um, they didn't just show up. You know, like I had a situation where I had another thing that was having a problem recently. I'm not going to name it because there's only a few companies that deal with it. And then all, they were supposed to send technicians, and the technicians didn't come to my door. They just decided that, you know, they looked at what they were fixing, and they decided to go through my tool shed and utilize my tools to fix what I hired them to fix. And nobody said, hey, is it okay if I open your tool shed up and go through and look for the tools I need, even oh. though I didn't How bring them? How old were they? Uh, in their 40s. Really? Yeah. And I was thinking, man, you know, like you got to be, you know what I mean? Or when I had my, my, my foam insulation. You got any beers in your fridge? I, when I sprayed my foam insulation. Like, uh, you know, I could go on and on, but my point is, and you guys know what I'm talking about. I used to do contracting, and when I did contracting, like, it's very often as a contractor that you can't do what you said you're going to do. So you learn two things. Never say you're going to do it. Just say, I'm going to try. I'll try to be here at 9 a.m., but I have X, Y, and Z happening before this other job. Mm-hmm. Something could go wrong, mm-hmm. but I'll try at 9 a.m. And then if it's 840 and you realize you can't make 9 a.m., you call the customer and say, hey, no. I'm so sorry. I'm not going to be there at 9 a.m. No. Don't wait for me and get infuriated for three hours. I, we um, have a container at the <clears throat> building. A 30-yard container. Very simple. Come pick this up before the end of the month. Pick it up before June 1. We want it gone. We don't want to seep into June. Here's my number. Call me. We'll make sure the gate's open so that you can get in. Call today. Are they coming today? Because they didn't come yesterday. Stay on hold. 20 minutes. Listen to terrible hold music. And then, well, they came by yesterday but the gate was closed so the gate was locked so they just they're going to be able to get there on Monday did they call no but no no they didn't call right so another thing there was a local business um, that there's a a national business that is also local and they sold a couch to a relative of mine and when the couch arrived the couch was squeaky and it sounded like an old wooden floor from some Scooby-Doo cartoon. Bro, I don't mind no, at hold all on. if you mention the name of this No, business. hold on, hold on. I'll t- I'm not going to do it right now. And here's what happened. Uh, my relative who bought the couch was like, hey, um, this isn't the same couch I bought. Like, this isn't what was in your showroom. It's not. This is really flimsy. Mm-hmm. They came out to fix it. It didn't fix it. And then the worker told my relative, yeah, well, we, we uh, add extra we add extra support for the show models. So I contacted that biz, they, and then the, the manager told my relative that, hey, don't, you're not going to get your money back. We don't do that. And my relative was like, well, yeah, I will. Cause, and then my relative called me. Mm-hmm. So I contacted that business, and by the time I was done, you know, and I started talking about deceptive trade and practice, because that's what <laughs> that is. By the time I was done, and I explained just how well that would go over, not only with like the comment I would try to get from the state attorney general's office, but also with uh, presenting that situation to my 45 million readers. You know, um, they decided that they would give my relative their money back, and and I they started to realize. I said, wait a minute. Like, imagine if that happens to you, and you're not like Brandon Darby's relative, right? Or Brandon Darby's friend or Jay Leeson's friend. Like how many people in Lubbock are getting screwed over by businesses or contractors and nobody, they don't have a voice to do anything back about it. So I said, you know what? I could take a limited amount of my time every week and just talk about the different experiences that people wrote into me about and how businesses handled it. Mm-hmm. 
and what businesses I went to. I went to Olive Garden. Guess what? They gave me a, a, a portion size that was inconsistent, and they did this. Um, I went to this place, and they did a great job. I went to this place, and they don't... They, you know, even though I told them two months ago that their their sewer trap in their floor doesn't work right, and that's why it smells like someone took a bowel movement in the restaurant, they still left it that way. You know what I mean? And um, you know what I mean? Or like, what about the preponderance of Long John Silvers? Go into any Long John Silvers in Lubbock and tell me how clean it is. And it's like, why would you do that? I like your fish. I want to eat your 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 hush puppies. <laughs> I like the malt vinegar on the fish. But like, come on now. And the other thing is. They have problems with their their vent hoods, right? And the places are always full of smoke from the fire. And it's like, hey, just yeah. fix your vent hoods. Yeah. You know what I mean? You charge me enough on. for fish. Get them Tell checked I, on. I got a buddy who can <clears throat> fix that for you. Right, but what I'm saying <laughs> is, so if I started to talk about my experiences with businesses on my platform just for a limited amount of time each week, and then I opened it up to other people in Lubbock who may be getting screwed by businesses or had bad experiences or good experiences, and then I could read those on the air. I think that would turn contractors around in Lubbock, Texas, and I think that would turn businesses around, restaurants around, and it would just overall become a very different situation. And then when I went to a restaurant, they would fall over themselves Mm -hmm. to make sure I got my drinks before 20 minutes was over. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. (laughs) Let's go to break. Brandon Darby, consumer advocate at large, here as we close out the program. Uh, I'll tell you who does great consumer service is Title I. Whenever you got that contract open and you don't know what's going on, they can help you until it closes. Lubbock's digital real estate and title escrow company. Title I is committed to providing you with the highest level communication service from the t- that contract opens until it just got a great text. See how Title One can serve your realty, consumer, and lending needs at TitleOne.com. Blue Collar Bill chiming in. He said that Ashley Furniture did that to him. That's funny. That's who I was talking about. I was talking about Ashley Furniture. I wasn't going to say it, but well, I can't well, control myself. Let me, let me throw in here, too, so long as we're talking about Ashley Furniture. We own property that is to the north of Ashley Furniture's and I've tried this with the city. I've tried to fix this with the city. Tried. On East 50th Street. Tried to fix it with the city. I guess the city tried to no avail. But they have all this stuff that comes in in styrofoam. It's just bash Ashley Furniture Friday here. But they have all this stuff that comes in styrofoam. So what do they put it in? They put it in a 30-yard container. Well, guess what? The wind blows from the south to the north... And guess what comes up on our property? Just begins to mount up on the fence. Styrofoam. And, you know, there are Coke cans and some trash bags, convenience store plastic bags that come too. But it's always styrofoam. It's like, do something about it, man. Like, build build like some five-sided fence with a top on it so it doesn't blow everywhere. Kills me. Oh, hey, brother, kills me. But that's what I'm talking about. Oh, you're already, you're already cutting us off here? I just did it on its own. Okay, all right. <laughs> that's, a, that's not a bad pl- song to come on on mm-hmm. its own. No, but the, the, I'm serious about this, man. I'm going to call it something like Better Do Right with but, Brandon Darby Better and do Jay right. Leeson. Dot com? 
No, just I just I'm not gonna. I already have a dot com. It's called Breitbart.com. I'll just I'll just uh, and 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 other side of Texas dot com is what I'm assuming your website is. And I'll just oh, my point is well I don't I, but my point is is that people I think when you shine some light you know what if I can shine light on narco cartels and do what I do in Mexico I can take half an hour to shine some light once a week in the state of Texas and we can have business owners on to talk about it because I mean everybody knows what I'm talking about when you have a home warranty the AC guy shows up he's there for 10 minutes 15 minutes and he leaves and you're like you're not even going to come in and check my split you're not even going to you know it's like, oh I just did this and then three days later it still doesn't work and they're like well it takes a while to cool and it's like no dude well, my compressor's out come on but I think also not to be a homer but there are tons of great small businesses and we should talk about them too and we should we should we should we that should might get an opportunity if you know some some light shine on the matter and you know what and i think that's true and but i think that when it comes to businesses whether it's retail whether it's com- whether it's contracting whether regardless of what it is um i think that it's important to use our platform to stick up for people because a lot of people they don't have any way to fight back against Ashley Furniture. If I hadn't have went at Ashley Furniture, they would never have reimbursed my family member, you know. Um, and I thought that was really bad because what happens to the average person who's not uh, a journalist or who doesn't have a big platform or who's not used to fighting cartels and finding clever ways to 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 fight back, you know, uh, for little people? What happens to them? They don't have anybody to stick up for them. If you're you know, someone living out in the in the county, uh, near the county line, you know, and you're barely just getting by and, and you spend a ton of money buying something or having something done on your AC and someone screws you, who do you have to stick up for you? You yeah. don't really have anybody. I remember going to the automotive shop with mom whenever I was younger and finally just saying, Mom, maybe we should go to places where, like, one of my buddy's dads worked at this <clears> place. And we should go there because I don't know anything, didn't know anything about motors until i took ag mechanics abernathy high school but just like well i don't know that uh they might just be selling some bill, a bill of goods here mom well now check this out i there was another experience like this and it turns out the business owner did the right thing and he just had somebody working for him that wasn't uh the smartest person in the world but my mother came up here to rented a car and we drove to abilene for my my grandfather's funeral right mm-hmm. and on the way back the brakes went out in the car yeah. um, ah. it was a very scary experience so when we when we brought the the long story short but that company decided that we needed to wait with the car and um and and that we were responsible for whatever and they were kind of rough with my mom my mom goes in and they're going to give her another car and then the lady working there was like well we have mechanics who can determine what happened and if you did something or not and my mom was like well look it's been half a day i haven't had a car so you need to take that half a day off of whatever you charge me and the lady got really rude with my mom and basically said our mechanics will determine and usually we find out it's someone like you did something and I was like, you know, I've been silent. You people. I've been silent. So here's what I'm going to I'm going to handle this a different way. My mother does not feel safe in one of your vehicles, right? Because of what has occurred. And I'm assuming what has occurred has occurred because of a maintenance record. Um has anyone with a criminal record had access to that vehicle? What is the maintenance record of that vehicle? You know, did anybody maintaining those records or that vehicle have a criminal record? 
Let's talk about this because I think you endangered my mother's life. Do we're not going to take narco well, so, cartel members work no, here? No. So what happened was uh, the lawyer for that company contacted me, and um, and by the time it was all said and done, they decided that that they would not charge my mother for anything. You know, which is not what, and I said, that's not what my mother wants. She just doesn't want to be charged for those hours she didn't have a car. Mm. You know, and that's all she wanted to begin with. Nobody wanted anything for free. And, um, and so they decided not only to do that, but they called. They were very nice. And the owner of the franchise contacted us. Very nice people. But they just had somebody who was trashy working in their place who didn't, you know, and they had a management problem. And because it was addressed and it was called out, that management problem got dealt with. The managers there tried to say we were irrational and hostile. They looked at the tape and listened to it. And they were like, well, it turns out you weren't. And I was like, I know, I told you we weren't. And we were very nice. But I just laid it out for them. It's like, this can go two ways. You know what I mean? Like, this isn't a situation where, like, it, there's going to be an independent mechanic who's going to examine this vehicle and what happened. It's not just going to be yours. But it takes that sometimes with some businesses. It takes, I, I think a lot of business owners, especially a lot of local restaurants, fast food chains in Lubbock, we all know this. There's a couple of them that it, it's just not really working out real well for them, right? And I think what happens is they get older, they want to expand, grow on, they want to maybe work less, so they hand it over to someone else who doesn't treat it very well. There's a reason sometimes that people, there's a reason that people aren't owning the restaurant themselves, right? There's a reason they're working for someone else sometimes. And I think that business owners oftentimes appreciate uh, knowing what's going on, right? So, so I think that it's a very important thing, and I think that's something I'm really going to get into. Not only will it help me resolve some of my frustration with contractors and businesses in Lubbock, but it's going to, in, in a constructive way, but it hopefully can help other people who have less of a voice. Better do right. We're going to go eat. We're going to go eat now. Yeah. All right. Mexican food. Me, you, and little mm. Miss Darby. I'm going to go get something to eat. The wife and kids. We're great families out of town. I so. just want to say he said that. I just want to be very clear. He's talking about my child. Yeah. You know, if there's any any okay. wonderful, amazing oh. single yeah. mothers out there. Yeah. We don't want to get, yeah. get the wrong impression. Yeah. Okay. Hey, uh, check us out. Other Side of Texas on Facebook. OSTX Show. On Twitter, other side of Texas.com. Breitbart, Texas. Brandon Darby signing off for him. And Queenie Catherine Wilkes. We'll see you next week. Big week ahead. Man, we've got some good interviews. I'll put them up on other side of Texas on Facebook and Twitter uh, so you can check it out for yourself. So we'll see you next week. Thank you for telling your friends you hang out on the other side of Texas. <laughs>